Welcome to HyperCustom. Uh, we are ready for our third episode, and today we are again switching perspectives um, to one of the most relevant topics of uh, today, sustainability. So a warm welcome uh, to my guest, Kai Landwehr, who is heading up marketing at MyClimate, a Swiss-based company which is helping organizations around the world to calculate and offset their emissions, as you're saying. So Kai, tell us more about your unique approach uh, at MyClimate. And what are you doing to make the world a better place? Yeah, first, hello, Christian. Thanks for having me. Good to see you again after a couple, couple of years. Yes, so on, on my climate, so we are, as you've mentioned, we are a Swiss-based foundation and we are partnering with private individuals as well as and mostly with companies, companies from each industry, companies of any sizes, and we offering them support to run a more sustainable and more climate-friendly business. And we are focusing on the avoidance of CO2 emissions, of greenhouse gas emissions. And avoidance of uh, greenhouse gas emissions has a lot to do with, let's say, uh, sharing knowledge, build up capacity, talking about impact, talking about opportunities, all these things. Then secondly, we show direct paths for reducing CO2 emissions. So what is the situation right now where are the hotspots? Where are the quick wing for reducing the CO2 emissions to reach in the midterm or in a long-term perspective to reach net zero emissions? And last but not least, we offer the service of voluntary carbon offsetting. That means that you calculate the CO2 emissions caused by the production of your product, caused by your uh, individual mobility, what, whatever. So we calculate this specific amount of CO2 emissions and we offer you the opportunity to support projects worldwide which saves the same amount of CO2 emissions or which removes the same amount of carbon out of the atmosphere. So this is the way we approach climate protection by avoiding CO2 emissions, by reducing CO2 emissions, and finally by offsetting CO2 emissions. Cool. It sounds very interesting. And of course, I had to prepare for our talk today. And um, I stumbled over the topic, or many times over the topic, sustainable fashion. Um, what's your point of view on that? Because I found the combination not an easy one. <laughs> you're, you're, you're totally right. So the fashion industry, as it is today, is by far not sustainable. So when we think about uh, climate change and thinking about uh, uh, our personal contribution to climate change, so most people think, yeah, this is about flying. Yes, flying is in terms of the CO2 emissions, especially for the individual CO2 footprint, it's a huge issue. But if you look on a global, on a broader scale, then the flying, I think it contributes, depending on the source, it contributes to 2 to 4% of global CO2 emissions. The global fashion industry, with all the supply chains, contributes to 10%, even more than 10% of global CO2 emissions. So it's a huge, huge driver of climate change. And if you see all these crazy things happen, within the fashion industry. This total dump fast fashion concept, crazy. Or the way how we use or how we consumers contribute to fashion. So uh, this, this is an incredible number. So an average person here in Switzerland, so men, women, children, each average person buys 60 to seven, uh, 70 pieces of fashion per year. 
60 to 70 this 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 amazing this insane. this is crazy and the debate insane absolutely <laughs> and the best thing about this i think it's about 30 or 40 percent which were used for one time or even weren't used at all so it's 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 crazy it's crazy and it's a real it's it's a huge contributor uh, huge contributor and huge driver for climate change but as well we see a lot of sustainable innovation and kind of a mindset shift within the fashion industry because the people in the big brands as well as in the smaller companies, they know very well what they do and they know about the contribution and they think about uh, alternative concept. And so there's a lot of things happening right now. So hopefully in a couple of years, better sooner than later, we will see a sustainable fashion industry. Today on a global scale, it's not. Yeah, and talking about sustainable materials so that the the material used itself is sustainable is that in combination with the way it's produced and making it uh, yeah not not sustainable is that uh, the true story behind it? Um, it it is it, it is so you see so it starts with with the fashion industry it starts with the raw materials. So if you think about cotton, so there's a lot of land use, there's a lot of water usage, then there are very, very complex supply chains. The production happens in Asia with a very critical energy mix. And then last but not least, you have to bring all these products, you have to bring it to the core markets here, to Europe, to, to North America. So you have a lot of transportation around it and then defined distribution, all these kinds of stuff. And this adds up to a huge CO2 footprint. And then, and this is, I think this is the most important part, and this is also, let's say, uh, the part where a company like your company offers a kind of solution, then you talk about the, the life cycle of the product. So, and then you have the product sold, but this doesn't mean the end of the life cycle, then you have the usage phase. And the longer this usage phase gets, and the better way you depose this or you bring it back to the circle, then the less the CO2 footprint is. And this is amazing. So if you buy a cheap product from critical production and you use it one time and then you put it to garbage, then it has an incredible high CO2 footprint. If you have your favorite piece and it's a high quality piece and you use it for years and years and years and you bring it to a repair shop like this, then the CO2 footprint shrinks. Yeah. yeah, hearing you talking about sustainable materials and the way to produce 100% sustainable products, for people uh, on this planet, would you still consider the combination, a true measurable combination, would you still uh, consider this consumption or not? What's your point of view? From, from my perspective, still, and even today or, or better today, it is consumption, but it is a sustainable or more conscious consumption. And I think this is the way we have to shoot for. We have to shoot for conscious consumption. So think about the product, think about your personal needs, your, your, your demand, your passion, whatsoever, and then choose the product you buy, choose it wisely, think about it, and then use it, then use it. And if you think, I don't want to use it, bring it back to the circle, reuse it, upcycle, repair it. And then we have still consumption but we have a circular consumption, a conscious consumption. And this is one way to, uh, let's say, to solve the, the, the big issue of uh, unsustainable fashion industry or unsustainable consum consumption. 
conscious uh, consumption is an interesting thought on or topic to look into. So I could take it. Yeah, I will take it with me uh, for a strategy. So, at Made One, we're all about fulfilling uh, people's uh, growing demand for more personalized product and service experience. And um, yeah, as a sustainability expert, uh, would you consider customization options, which are allowing people to uh, consciously decide for more sustainable materials or production methods as a relevant service, which we should bring to the people? So. I mean, we have uh, we're both sharing that uh, that background working for a sports brand um, to choose the more sustainable material, but still letting them produce it in a maybe non-sustainable way wouldn't be the the whole story. But how do you see that as um, yeah as a startup as we do our business offering these options to people? So 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 first and foremost, don't try to find the perfect solution don't try to 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 look to the whole story because this shooting for perfection so really this stops us but for taking action so start 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 anywhere so, and if you have the opportunity to let's say to offer on demand a more sustainable product even if you have the same production then it's a very good and very important step so second, secondly, um, we, we, have to, we have to imagine, so we're talking about, let's say, a problem or an issue here within the Western European countries and within the North American countries. I think uh, consumption on demand is not that huge topic for many, many re other reason, uh, regions here in the world. But, but anyway, so if you can also not, not only offer a specific color or a specific design. So if you can also offer uh, a, choose of the, a choice of the material and maybe the choice of the production or the transportation, the delivery, however, then you will meet a fast growing demand for consumers in Germany, in the middle of Europe, in, in North America, because more and more consumers start to think about the product and how it's produced and about the product carbon footprints. We, we get many, many re requests. So, hey, can you do an LCA life cycle uh, assessment of our product? Can we do offsetting for the project? Would it be possible to claim this project as a net zero or climate neutral product? And these companies, they don't do it for a good conscience. They do it as a response to a grow fast growing consumer demand. So if you have the opportunity, mm -hmm. start now and then check and test. So, um, having in mind that many large e-commerce players uh, like Amazon, for example, products are being destroyed to save logistical costs. So would you say that uh, it's maybe the better way to do e-commerce business from a sustainability point of view? It's absolutely the better way of doing it compared to all these insane things happening with all these these large distribution uh, distributors so the way you do a, a, a sustainable and individualized online business so this you, you cannot compare this because if you buy an individualized product so you you play around with it you 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 start to think about it consciously so what is my favorite color what is my favorite material so how can I use it because I have to pay some extra money for it? So you're also you are emotionally attached to this to the product. So I cannot imagine that someone buys a helmet from your company and then use it for one time and then puts it away. I think this will not not happen. So the people will love this product. They will use it for many many years. So and this is way more sustainable than like these uh, fast fashion concepts or like these uh, one 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 time usage products. 
Yeah, we, we got to talk and we're in touch anyway. So thanks for the feedback. And uh, I heard from someone within my uh, network that you're a huge soccer enthusiast. And so oh, really? to, to, to that, how many jerseys made of recycled plastic bottles have you sold during your time working for the Nike brand? Yeah, so, 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 so first of all, I uh, didn't sell these jerseys. I sold the stories, the narrative around these jerseys because I did the PR and the corporate communications. And at that time, I think it was only a tiny percentage of all the, the jerseys sold. I, th I think it was just the, let's say, the, the premium products and all the takedown products, they were still made by uh, by new PET or whatever whatever material it, it was. But it started there. So it was the time when they start to, uh, to let's say, with this initiative called Nike Considered. I think it was the Considered Design, talking about uh, supply chains, talking about circularity and 10 years or, or even longer ago, it was a huge thing to think about circular design and to use recycled material. And I think today it makes even from an economic perspective much more sense to use recycled material uh, than let's say to, to use new ones because you have many, many recycled plastic on the market. It's way cheaper than let's say first, first, first use uh, raw material. So uh, today I think the percentage will be much, much higher, but I think it started there. Yeah, I mean, to that, uh, you, you know, different companies or how large corporations versus small medium enterprises tackling the topic of sustainability. Um, How do you see the state? I mean, just uh, to give us an idea of where we are and how maybe it differs between the large corporation and on the one hand and on the other hand, the smaller, maybe with a little more flexible um, company. Yeah, this, this is a very um, difficult question to answer because so what you can see today is a lot of, a lot of things is, are happening now. And a lot of things are happening with the, the bigger companies, the internationals, but as well as with the smaller, with, them, with the SMEs. And maybe the, the bigger one, they have more resources. The smaller ones, as you say, they are more agile. But the, the thing is, or the, the real, real big problem is when talking about climate change, the thing is we are facing three gaps today. So first, we have a time gap. We are too late. Everything what is happening right now should have happened at least five years earlier. Secondly, is the emissions gap. We are still emitting too much. So our global carbon footprint, and you can break it down to, to specific industries, it's still too high. And last but not least, we're facing also a financial gap. So we still haven't all the financial resources directed to global climate action. We still need more. So, but anyway, so we could, we could more about that and think, okay, it's, we have no chance at all and we are doomed and so what, but this is not the solution. So it's really important right now that we really speed up and that each and every individual player speeds up. And this means, of course, the economy, the smaller companies, And the larger companies, this means political action, very, very important. So we need to have strong laws for more climate protection, for a more sustainable economy and society. This means individual action, of course. So you and I, we have also, we could contribute 
to this. And with this mix, if we make it, if we make it, if we do it in a bold way and in the right way, we have still, I think, and every, all of the cards in our hands, we can still win the game. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm totally convinced that we will win the game. And the interesting thing is, many companies, no matter if they're small or if they're large, they are from, from their mindset, from their perspective, they are in front of the politics and they are even in front of their consumers. So because they see the risk perspective, they see, hey, if we really, if the climate change continues, this will affect my company. This will mm -hmm. affect the markets. I mean, this is a risk and I don't want to contribute to this. I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So many, many things is ha are happening right now in smaller and in uh, in larger and larger brands. Maybe they are late, but I don't think they are too late. Yeah, I mean that's the company perspective or company uh, tackling this this issue. But then on the other hand, uh, I promised you not to ask uh, questions around uh, COVID nineteen because I'm also not in in the mood anymore to ask a lot of questions around that topic. Mm -hmm. But my feeling is that nowadays people are way more mindful when it comes to uh, buying a new product. So, are you sharing this feeling or? How do you see people consuming today versus pre-virus? Yeah, I think you have a pretty optimistic view on, on that. So I'm not that, that convinced about it because many, many people learned how easy it is during this, this, this pandemic time, how easy it is to buy things online. And not even clothes or shoes, what they maybe have done before, but also, let's say, other consumer good or even food. So it's pretty easy to do this. And so um, maybe one, one, one important notice. So e-commerce is not per se uh, less environmental friendly than uh, buying buying in brick and mortar shops. Yeah, doesn't need to be if you... If If, if you organize this quite well, depending on the product, it could have a, a smaller CO2 footprint. But anyway, so I, th I think many, many people have, have seen that there's plenty of opportunities to buy things online. And uh, you know, you know it's, 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 it's way easier to just do one click and give your credit card details. And then finally, I bought this product and fine. Then let's say to, to drive into a city, to walk through some shops, to, to buy things, to, to try it on. So uh, I think we have positive sense. People are more mindful, but people take more advantage of new con consumption uh, opportunities. So I think, um, I think it's, it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, mindful may be also related to the fact that there were like financial issues um, appearing for them, which they maybe never thought about in the future. And that, of course, led to being yeah. a little bit more mindful how yeah, to invest, invest your money. Yeah, yeah this, absolutely. This, this could be the case. But on the other side, there's always, always another side, always a downside. So some people maybe might have the feeling right now, so we are running out of this pandemic, running out this chaotic situation, and now we can, let's say, compensate 
mm. all the things we haven't done for whatever reason in the past so we can come up with this. We take long, we travel more, we take uh, longer flights, we buy more product because now we feel more and more safe. So this is the other side which could happen, yeah. So it's 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 very interesting to see. So if you go to the consumer level, you always face the, the famous concept of, hmm, is it the same word in English? I don't know, cognitive, cognitive dissonance. So you think you want to do something, you want, you say, and you think I want to do this, but you act absolutely differently. So this, this is always a problem, yeah? Yeah, it's super exciting um, to talk to you about these topics and um, coming to something quite personal because knowing you, you are an ambitious coach, soccer coach, of course, training kids' soccer teams <laughs> as, for example, the Sharks, the Lions, Dolphins and Ducks. And um, what are you telling them? Like kids, what are you telling them about sustainability? Or is that a job uh, for their parents or is <laughs> How you uh, are you taking something um, yeah from your professional side in, into that? Yeah, so yes, to give some background on this, so these these groups, these four groups are very very young kids, born in uh, 2014 or even younger. So the, the 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 age range is between four years and seven years. So you cannot start let say an in depth this discussion <laughs> about sustainability issues. Of course not. With some parents, this is happening, uh, of course, because I use my business email for all the communications with them so they know what I do. But I think talking to the kids, my, my biggest goal there is to, let's say, to seed the passion, to seed the passion for sports, but also the passion for to do something together. So football is a team sport. Hey, we do something together. We have fun together. We try to get some results together. We learn together. We laugh together. So this is a highly emotional thing. And for me, you're totally right. I'm passionate about football. And if I can seed and grow this passion within the kids, I think they take so many positive things out of it, which will automatically reflect to other parts of their life and yeah. so they're saying hey we are here in a community and i love to be in a community so maybe for me it's not the best solution to become an egoistic asshole so maybe <laughs> i would also contribute to other communities there so this is this is really this is my deepest belief yeah nice nice one uh, keep it up um so as we know for a long time um know us for a long time Firstly, I want to uh, really appreciate you took the time to be my guest at HyperCustom. And we'll stay in touch, of course. I mean, we had a couple of, you had a couple of good inputs for how to move on with that, um, with that part of, of our business. And I will take it serious, that, that for sure. So, um, yeah, I would say let's stay in touch. And uh, there's some help needed, Kai. Great. All, always looking forward to help. So there's one legendary last question. People call it, call it legendary last question at Hyper Custom. And um, this is, what's your MPP? So, of course, I had a little introduction with you up front. And uh, as um, we're now, we're speeding up with Hyper Custom. I don't need to explain it to you anymore, what it means. But what's your MPP? So, yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's not an, a Nike product. And I really had to think about what would be the perfect fitting answer for this famous question and um it is it is a painting 
It is a painting we have in our living room and I inherited this from my parents and they bought this painting in Spain from a Spanish painter. And so you have a signature there to my special friends, Monica and Manfred Landwehr. And I grew up with this painting. It was in, in the dining room, dining room, oh, big words. So the place where we had our lunches uh, when I was a kid. And so I took it in my, in, my, uh, in, my, in my first flat and then it's also now part of my family home. And I really loved, loved this, this product because this is something special. This is unique and there's also a nice story connected to it and I'm emotionally connected to this product. So this is definitely my MPP. And it will last forever, I, I guess. So that's also a good way to think about products. I mean, if you can use them on, as you said, there's always a second life to most of the products. Could be. Yeah, I'm really happy um, to say thank you. Huge thanks to you, Kai, and uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Bye, Christine. Bye-bye.